All right, all right, all right. Oh, wait, that's a bad Matthew McConaughey impersonation. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that on these things. I don't know. But you are all going to really enjoy this episode. I got two industry leaders here. Uh, This organization that you're about to hear them talk about has been around for almost 70 years. And really, I know know EVs get a lot of the hype, a lot of the press. Um, I don't think people understand or maybe appreciate the role that diesel plays in our world. But I can tell everyone listening to this right now or watching, if, if you're using it, eating it, buying it, doing anything, I promise you a diesel engine or 10 probably touched it along its journey to that store that it, that it got to you at. Um, and that's really the reality of the world we live in today. Diesel's not going to go anywhere for a really, really long time. Anyone listening to this, even my kids, I got, I got elementary age kids, even them listening to this, diesel will be around by the time they're gone from this earth. So it's going to be around for a long time. Associations like this, it, this is a great group. They really do a lot of good, helping a lot of people. I think you're going to learn something. So sit back and enjoy and let us know what you think. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the DL. I am your host, Tyler Robertson, the CEO and founder of Diesel Laptops. This is the podcast show. I get to talk about all the things I enjoy, and that is the diesel industry. And I brought two gentlemen on today who are in the middle, and they're in the thick of the diesel industry. So I'm going to introduce you to two gentlemen here. They're both with Associate of Diesel Specialists, or ADS. Uh, so first of all, why don't I start with Scott Parker, who's the CEO? Why don't you just kind of give everyone a little bit of like, who, who is, who is ADS? Like give a little background here on, on yourself and ADS. Absolutely. Um, my name, again, thanks Tyler for having us here. My name is Scott Parker. I am the CEO of the Association of Diesel Specialists, ADS, as you mentioned. Uh, we are a trade association. We represent about 400 companies that are all involved in the diesel independent aftermarket. And uh, they're in the United States and around the world. We have a, uh, a our coalition is, is built uh, internationally. Um, we were founded back in 1956 uh, by five gentlemen that came together in Chicago uh, that really, you know, had post-World War II. There was a lot of independent companies that were uh, had experience coming out in the diesel sector and were servicing diesel. And they quickly realized that they needed to form a community. Uh, anyway, you fast forward almost 70 years into the future. We'll be celebrating our 70th anniversary year in a few years. And uh, that five companies that started the group, as we, I mentioned, we're over 400 today. And our primary goal of what we do is we build that community for companies from around the country, around the world to come together, to share information, to try to help grow their businesses, understand their threats, and also looking at opportunities and where they can go. And, uh, you know, as much as you hear some of the negative talk out there in the media that gets nice clicks, you know, for the media, um, our membership, our new memberships as an organization, were up 76% last year. Uh, that tells me that the diesel aftermarket is here, it's healthy, and it's here to stay. Well, I can promise the audience we're going to talk about EVs. We, we can't have a conversation with companies with the name Diesel in it without talking about EVs because they get all the hype, right, in the news and everything that we see going on. Um, so we'll get into there for a second. But the other gentleman I want to introduce here is is Paul Toms. And Paul, I, I think a lot of people don't understand. I mean, you're the president here, but you're also, you have your own business as well. You're a member of ADS, but actively involved in it. Can you give a little background on yourself and, and your company? Correct. Yes. Well, thank you for having us on, Tyler. This is, uh, this is a great opportunity to showcase our association and our, our business and our industry. So um, 
I've been in the this industry since 1981. This is this is all I've known is uh, is the uh, remanufacturing of diesel fuel injection components and turbochargers. Um, a little background on diesel, just to, to 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 tell you where we're at. You know, the diesel engine was invented in 1896. The the inline pump was invented by Robert Bosch and patented in in 1927. That pump lasted and worked in you know, in that specific element up until about 1995 uh, and 2000, when all of a sudden the emissions uh, controls came out. And then there were electronic controls on, on injection pumps and, and rotary pumps with electronic controls because, because of the forces of emissions. Now, the, the government didn't say that we had to you know, come up with a different way. They just said that what comes out of the tailpipe needs to be regulated. And in order to do that, they used electronics and they used uh, um, full uh, authority electronic controls on, on diesel fuel injection components. And eventually that made its way into common rail where we can, we can time precisely when the fuel is going into the engine. We can, uh, we, we can, we can, we can, control up to seven injection events per combustion time. It's, uh, it's really amazing what, uh, what, what can be done now. And all of these, uh, all of these changes have occurred with the association membership changing with them and, and, and being a part of it and embracing changes. We, we, we're, we're the association of diesel specialists, but really, we're we're powertrain specialists. You, you know, we're 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 involved not just in what goes into the engine, but what happens after it leaves that engine. That's that's part of of what we do. We've we've adapted, we've adjusted, we've we've stayed uh, um, abreast of, of all the changes in powertrains. And you know, listen, EVs are just another other change that we're going to <clears throat> excuse me that we're going to adjust. Too. So, so Scott, I, I think when we talk about diesel, I know over here at Diesel Laptops, we kind of, you know, right or wrongly, we, we kind of put ours into three buckets. We have like the light duty diesel stuff. We got the heavy duty commercial truck stuff. And then we have the F highway stuff. Is the association involved in, in all those areas or do you guys predominantly hang out in one of those more so than the other? That's a great question. It actually, uh, it's, uh, I can't give you one answer to that. Being an association that, you know, really covers the entire globe. Um, you know, diesel has different uh, 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 functions in different parts of the world, right? Uh, in, in North America, it's my understanding, you know, that we're really talking about those work trucks, uh, agriculture, uh, construction type vehicles. That, that's really the heart and soul uh, of what that looks like. Uh, you certainly get into, like, let's say Latin America uh, or some of the European markets where there's more uh, automotive uh, applications there. Our members also uh, play in that space. So, uh, I think it depends on where you go, um, but you know, I would say probably the, the our strongest membership base is uh, U.S. and Canada uh, right now, and so most of that is in kind of that uh, medium to uh, heavy duty uh, construction ag type of uh, uh, equipment out there. Well, and I know ADS has become more involved with HDAW, so it's really great this year we're able to walk around and actually seeing a lot more. Um, vendors I haven't typically seen there before. So it was great to be able to network and learn more about the industry I'm in. I, I, I always say like I'm in the diesel industry and I grew up in commercial truck dealerships, 
but really we play in the off-highway world as much as we do the on-highway world. Um, and I try like heck to stay away from the light duty, you know, like more consumer type stuff. We keep getting, keep getting drug into it, which is, which is fine. It's a, it's a good industry as well. Uh, so I, I guess, Paul, you know, you were talking a little bit earlier, you guys were talking a little bit about, you know, technology's changed, right? So this used to be just a diesel engine. And then really in the early two thousands, we started having all the emission stuff start happening. So how, how much have all these diesel, all the members had to adapt and do you guys get into like the after treatment type? side of it as well or do you kind of stay away from it and just focus on what's going on inside the engine absolutely not we're we're we're, we're powertrain specialists and and we, we have people who uh who are involved in uh, in the, the the diesel particulate filter cleaning the the servicing of those the sensors that are required the um you know all of the components that are that are required the dosing modules everything um with our, our members are involved in that we're we're uh we, we we've changed to accommodate that because listen it's it's part of uh, it's part of that diesel engine that used to be um, you know solely controlled by that diesel fuel injection pump injectors um, or, or or common rail injectors now the rest of it's all part of the of the powertrain and, and our members are are involved in every aspect of that engine. At this yeah, point. Tyler, and Tyler, if I can just add one thing to that, I think uh, Paul is right on. But one thing that we've realized uh, the last couple of years, now that we're kind of post-COVID, right, where everybody was just like survival mode, uh, we're now looking out there. Uh, our, you know, the association, when it was originally founded, those five companies, they founded the association in their image, right? What did the industry look like back in 1956? It clearly looks different today, right now, and it will look different into the future. But the one thing that remains constant as far as ADS is we're a member-led association. And what we are trying to do is make sure that our association is like a mirror to the industry. Not that the industry has to try to become what we are. We need to make sure as the industry evolves, as the customers are coming in, they don't want to go into you know a facility and saying, oh, I, I need to get my injectors worked on, but I have to go to a different shop to go get my after-treatment system worked on. No, they're looking for turnkey solutions. Our members are adapting as they always have and they always will, and the association is going to adapt with them. So we're on this journey together. Well, you know, talking about adaption and change, right? So, I mean, you get an association here that's been around for almost 70 years, which is which is amazing in itself, right? Not a lot of organizations or companies are around that long. And... You know, as Paul was talking, like things have been changing a lot lately, right? And I, I'm just trying, I'm sitting here thinking like, man, I used to work for a commercial truck dealership and like we were hardly kept up to notice by the OEM on what was changing. And now we service the aftermarket industry and these guys are all struggling just trying to figure out the latest gizmo and gadget and emission device or whatever's going on on these trucks. So I guess, Paul, like how, how have you guys done it at your, at your company trying to figure out as new, as new technology, is it just, is it learning as you go? Is it work with manufacturers? Is it the group learning together? How do you guys figure out and keep up with all this change? And that change seems to be going faster and faster and faster as, as time kind of clicks on here. Yeah, the, the answer is yes to all of the above. We, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, we, we are involved with manufacturers and manufacturers are keeping us abreast of, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're dealers for, for the, the manufacturers and they keep us abreast of the changes. Um, and, and the components that are on there, um, we 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 are involved in training. We we have training that uh, that the association provides. 
uh, as well. And we, we have a network of trainers that, that work with us. Uh, and, and, but I think the biggest part is, is the networking and, and our ability to bring like-minded people together to talk about what works for them, what, uh, what, what, what doesn't work for them, how, how they approach different, uh, situations. I, I think, I think that's a, it's, it's just a huge part of what our association does. So Scott, I think he's talking here too, basically along the lines of benefits that the members get, you got over 400 of them. Are there some benefits that are kind of more popular than others or where do you, where do you see the users kind of gravitating towards or what are the big selling points of joining ADS? Sure. Uh, thank you for this, uh, opportunity to be an advertisement for a few seconds. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it, but I know, but it is true. You know, as a, as an association, we are owned by the members. And so I think one of the things I'm proudest of, and I think I'm really impressed by is that we are a member led association. Most of our benefits are being are being developed. The ideas are coming from the members. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to kind of play off what you and Paul were just talking about here for a second and talk about one area. And then I'll just kind of give you an overview of the big four that we have. Uh, but you talk about training, you talk about this change. Right. Um, and I wasn't around for this time period, but I have so many members that have told me about when common rail really came into the sector. Right. And that that was a game changer. Uh, for many of these fuel injection shops that really didn't have the knowledge or the tools or the training to go there. ADS uh, developed at that time, just as an example of kind of what we have done and what we will do, is they came up with a program called Members Training Members. And they developed a whole program where they went ahead and they, they developed the, the knowledge and the training necessary, and they developed regional training programs so that the as the industry evolved, the entire aftermarket was able to be there as that change was happening. Um, and so that is part of what we call one of our big uh, four, which is knowledge. And as again, as we're look, we don't know what the technology is going to look like in the future. If any of us did, we would invest now and retire because we <laughs> we know what, what's going to happen here. But in terms of our, our big four, we, we offer business services to our members. We offer knowledge, networking and savings. Uh, and uh, I'll give you just a couple examples and quick uh, things on this. On our business services side, uh, we, we offer our members the ability to have a, mem- a peer-to-peer uh, nationwide networking, uh, sorry, nationwide warranty program. So where if, if Paul services a, you know, someone at one location and they break down someplace else, they have a member-to-member thing that they can offer a nationwide warranty. We also offer a, uh, an ability for uh, anybody to go find an ADS member shop called dieselrepair.shop. And it basically promotes the entire independent network as one entity out there to promote us as a whole. Under knowledge, uh, we already talked about training. We have a, what's called a drive-in service form. Members can just post questions as members answering members on that. We do an, uh, a biannual compensation survey. So uh, a company can say, hey, how much you know, am I paying an experienced tech versus an inexperienced tech regionally? To help them out, uh, we also off, uh, we also have an entire Ortner Foundation that we run, which offers scholarships every single year to worthy students who are entering the profession. On the networking side, you already mentioned HDAW, but we also have right before HDAW, ADS has our own international convention, and that's really the premier place. Where, as you were mentioning, what is new, what's coming out into the industry, and we as the association, we have experts to help come in and help give a a little bit of a glimpse of what's on the future, what's on the horizon, so members can prepare. 
I already mentioned our parts finder program uh, under our networking side where they hard to find parts. Again, 5,000 requests go out each year. Someone has it on their shelf. They're sharing it among the network to get those customers on the road uh, more quickly. And then under savings, uh, you know, we have we have all sorts of programs with that, including uh, something else and something we're about to announce. It's just we have two new products that are coming out this month. One is a uh, industry-wide training calendar. Doesn't exist right now. So I know diesel laptops provides training, but so many other people provide training. We are going to be the clearinghouse. Everything's going to come into one uh, area, and certain companies are offering discounts if they access it through that calendar. Again, helping out the members every way that we can. No, that's great. And I, I know you've mentioned Europe earlier. You just mentioned international. And I got to say, I was on your website looking at future events. I saw I saw a thing going on in Brazil, which I'm kind of looking at my schedule, be like, man, I wonder if I can make make Brazil. And then I saw Auto Mechanica <laughs> in Germany coming up next year. Uh, do, are you guys doing a lot outside the United States? Or is that a future? Is that an expansion area for you guys? Or what's going on outside the United States? As Scott mentioned, we hold an annual convention every January in conjunction with HDAW. But ma- many of our members are not going to come to that. You know, if they're in, in Europe or if they're in, in, the, in the Middle East or if they're in, in South America, that's the long way to travel. You know, the, their, 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 their currency isn't as valuable, so it's, it's difficult for them to come to us. So we're going we're, we're gonna to go to them and, and we're going to go to Brazil. We're going to go to Auto Mechanica, we're gonna, whether it be in Frankfurt or Dubai. We're, we're going we're gonna to do those things to reach out to our members so that they can participate and be part of our group so yeah and just last year that we we didn't know what to expect coming off covid international travel was the last thing to come back right and we are we a lot of the value you receive from ads is event centric you have to come to events in order to get the maximum value the face-to-face there's nothing you know webinars are fine but face-to-face there's nothing that that is uh bigger than that uh so last year we created we actually have an official partnership with auto mechanica in frankfurt Last year we were there. We had a bunch of our members that that don't come to uh, Texas to the show. We didn't know what to do. We hosted a reception there. Our members sponsored it. We didn't. We thought we might get thirty or forty people there. We had over a hundred and twenty uh, companies arrive, and out of that group, I'd say about sixty to seventy percent were ADS members. Um, we had the head of Auto Mechanica there welcoming us uh, as a micro group within that sector. And afterwards, we had about a dozen companies join from around the globe that became ADS members. Seeing the success of that, Paul, as part of his budget this year, uh, he has, like, we are going to Brazil, as you mentioned. Our Latin, we have a ton of Latin America members and potential members. Uh, and then uh, we are about to announce we're going to Dubai uh, later this fall. Again, it doesn't matter where our members are. We want to bring ADS to them if they're not able to come to us. And we're going to service our members the best we can. Well, it, it sounds like maybe I got some international trips lined up because I can tell you a diesel laptops. We've come we've come to realize like a diesel engine's a diesel engine all over the world, right? So like wow, our stuff actually works. And one of the big ones we have eyed up is both South America and Australia is the other one because there's so many North American model trucks running around Australia. So if you have Australian members, love to talk to you after the air to get introduced to them if that's a, if that's a thing. Uh, but mining mining operations is a big a big key of ours that we really focus on. That's obviously big in both Australia and in South America in places. Uh, so I guess Paul, I guess the other one I want to talk to you about is I mean you're you're in the thick of it. You're with customers all day long, doing the things that you guys do. You're at that level. What what are the big hot topics right now for companies in your situation and your your size? What are the big big pain points you see going on right now in the industry? 
Well, I mean, there's there's always technicians. I mean, that's that that, that that's an issue that I think every uh, um, you know every company, whether it be one you know one like us or uh, anybody's looking for help. That's that's a, that's a that's a big problem. We're we're seeing some easing in the uh, in the supply chain, but that's that's still um, that that's still um, requiring us to be I guess a little more. Uh, innovative in in finding the things that we need to find in order to get our customers, you know, back on the road, back in the field, back uh, uh, back in the construction in- industry. Those are th- those are some of the pain points. Um, we we do see ch- continued change in the industry. That's uh, and, and you know, electric vehicles. It, it, it's it's my personal opinion that they'll get it right one of these days, but it's not going to be tomorrow and it's not going to be 10 years from now it may not be 2035 so that people talk about it a lot but uh um you know it's 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 a it's a long long way off uh, before before it's universal yeah i mean a a couple points on that right like diesel technician storage i think everyone i talk to has the same the same issue right and for us here it's really come down to like whenever there's a complex problem it's not one solution it's multiple solutions that need to that need to happen and i really believe having um improving efficiency with technicians if we can make them all 10 percent more efficient that's like producing another twenty five thousand diesel technicians right the math the math works out that way and then and that comes down to diagnostic tools repair information training just just helping them be better at their jobs and technology is really is really a big key driver in that and i, I think the other the other key to it is is we need to get more people in the field quicker than a two-year program. And I see people like American Diesel Training Centers and some of these other uh, technologists starting to do 12-week, 16-week programs to try to get people in the field quicker as entry level. So there's, you know, when there's problems, there's solutions and there's opportunities. Um, and then the other one, yeah, the just the continued change and electrification and, and things that are going on there. So I know, Scott, you must get asked that all the time, right? What about EVs, electrification, what's going on there? I, like I said earlier, I, I know we do as well with the name Diesel, the name of our company. Where Where's the current mindset of, of ADS when you guys look at the whole EV thing going on? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think, you know, if you look at the average ADS member, uh, and as as they should, right? They're they're focused on today, right? They have to, you know, they, they got they have the tech issue, you know, getting techs and all these other things, and trying to think about what you know what's happening with electrification, uh, and and certainly as ADS, you know, just as we did, you know, seventy years ago, we welcome innovation, we welcome new technologies, uh, and as as Paul mentioned, you know, we really are focused on powertrain, you know, as much as diesel, you know, whatever moves these vehicles, uh, but today. There's no doubt that diesel is what moves uh, America. It moves the world, and diesel is what powers America and what powers the world. And it, it's it's a it's a foundation. And we know that how long these systems last, right? They're so they last forever. Uh, I did see just uh, I think the news was coming out this last week that California EPA just uh, got a, a something from the current administration to allow them to uh, look at uh, you know uh, the EVs on the trucks. Well, you know, I think that's fine, and we need to continue to monitor that. But if it's going to be electrification, or if it's going to be hydrogen, or who knows what the, is going to be something there, there's all sorts of hybrid diesel technologies that are under development. We don't know, right? We don't know where this is going. We know that they're looking at reduced emissions. Um, what I would say is um, there was a story that came out, and this was right before the Super Bowl. I thought this was a great little story. 
you know, EVs, moving a few people, that's great, right? Uh, I believe Tesla came out with a, a truck and their first customer was PepsiCo. And uh, they were going to take that electric, you know, semi truck and, and, and drive it across whatever uh, uh, duration to where the board of directors of uh, PepsiCo is going to meet. And they did it with their first order. And they showed up and they opened up the back of the truck. And you would expect there to be, you know, a bunch of two liter bottles of Coke. It wasn't. It was all potato chips because uh, <laughs> they also make free delay because that's what they could haul that distance. Yeah. Again, this is not to diminish what the role of EVs are. I think we I think no matter I think if we were here in 20 years, hopefully. Right. My doctor says I'm doing OK. Um, you know, I think what what if we if we open up a hood of, of any vehicle, it's going to look different than it does today. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. But what ADS is right for 70 years, we've been we've been diagnosing complex systems. We've been understanding that, you know, in, in the aftermarket, we generally get it a little bit later on. We know how to diagnose, how to repair complex systems. And if all of a sudden you have a hydrogen piece of technology on there or some sort of uh, battery technology or whatever combination, I promise you that the members of ADS are going to be there. I'm sure diesel laptops is going to, you're, you're not going to sit there and let, you know, the industry just move away from you. You're going to be part of that migration. And I think that, that we all need to have that mindset, but realize there's plenty of business today and in the years to come as we monitor and see where this industry is going and we're going to be there with them. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. You you mentioned the EPA and the California thing. CARB really and EPA did, did approve and, and kind of clear the path. And they, I mean, side note, they really couldn't deny it either. But uh, and Paul, yeah. ma- Paul mentioned the, the 2035 thing as well. And that's, that is California saying by 2035, all, all, you know, 50% of all EVs got to be electric or, or something around those lines. Right. But there's, there's so many hurdles to that. I, I think EVs, I mean, certain applications, school bus, refuse, ports, they make a ton of sense. I have, I've yet to see a, a good, I mean, there is no ROI on EVs. I mean, everyone I've talked to, I've had the guys from Mac on here. I've talked to the Navistar guys. I mean, not a single one yet has said, oh yeah, this is an ROI positive thing for a customer to go EV. So there's, it's it's in its infancy. And I think we're all looking at it right. Like, hey, there's there's good business we had today. There's, there's a thing out here. There's going to be opportunity for us. We just got to figure out where that opportunity lays. So um, I'll tell you what, we're going to, we're going to wrap up the episode here and everything. So Scott, maybe tell everyone, how do they, what's the website, man? How do people find, find you or find them if they want to learn more? It's really easy. Okay. We made it easy. Anybody can do this, right? Our web address is diesel.org. It's as simple as that. Um, and, uh, and you can, uh, if, if anybody is uh, watching is already a member, thank you for being a member. Uh, and if anybody wants to join on the service side, uh, if you're in U.S. Canada, it's only $655 a year. And I can promise you we're going to your return, unlike uh, on the electric side, is going to be much higher than $655. And any of our international people around the globe is only $325 a year. So uh, they can also contact me at sparker, sparker at diesel.org. Be happy to talk to them. Happy to have them be part of our community. And again, thank you, Tyler, for the opportunity to, uh, to participate today. Hey, no problem. I can I can speak and say, hey, you guys, you guys are definitely a stand-up organization. You want you'll be around for seventy years if you guys weren't a stand-up organization and had active members and were doing positive things that gave an ROI for people. So, thank you for coming uh, for the audience. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Like, comment, share, subscribe. All those things help us. And as we end every episode, it's not just diagnostics; it's diagnostics done right. And part of that's being involved in the community. Be involved in those organizations that are out there to help you be a better company. And ADS definitely does that. So thank you again. We'll catch you on the next episode.